Hey, Snyder Cut fans! No society for you! Welcome one, welcome all to Mars on Life. I am Ryan Mancini, of course, and with me, as always, is... Uh, someone who needs a new uh, ear prescription. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, sorry, no, you're, you're totally, you're totally fine. It's, I knew that that's what you were going to open with because, uh, needless to say, if I can sort of amend my previous statements, uh, I've read the reviews, I've read oh. the critiques. Uh, suffice to say that this is actually a good movie, so I'm very much surprised. Like, I'll, I'll just preface all of this with my grade. I would give it a B minus. It's better than not showing up. Well, and it's better than. The original cut, which I would give like a D. Mm. Um, the original, I I definitely was phantom menaced by the original, meaning I walked out of the theater after watching a free screening of it, which mm -hmm. that could have helped jade it a little bit. Although I also saw Batman v Superman for free. And trust me, I did not walk out of the theater very happy at all. I was going to say... Um, you and me both. It was more like you may as well have put a gun to my head while watching Batman versus Superman because I was on a plane and Oof. there wasn't much else to watch mm -hmm. uh, except Bohemian Rhapsody, which easily out of the two <laughs> I, would, oh, I would recommend. So, so you so you saw you saw BVS later than after it than when it came out. Yeah, again, it's one of those movies that I would classify as like a plane movie. You watch it on an airplane because what else is there to do? Uh, needless to say, I was thoroughly disappointed and mm. uh, <laughs> set my sights on something else. <laughs> that that was a that's a film experience that I'll never forget, uh, or just a theater going experience I'll never forget. Had the opportunity of going to the Warner Brothers lot to see it. I did my best to fight tooth and nail to see if I could get in and see it. And I did. Uh, mm -hmm. The hors d'oeuvres were great. They had alcohol. I wasn't doing it for any kind of press coverage. And I was seeing it a week early uh, than its theatrical release date. So I was kind of like, hey, you know what? This is this is good. And they had the whole archive on the Warner Brothers lot completely uh Basically, they took everything that they previously had out, and inside was everything that was kind of looking back on all of the Batman films since 1989. Um, mm -hmm. So they had, like, costumes, props. You had a penguin with a rocket on its back. You had Mr. Freeze's suit. You had one of the Joker costumes from The Dark Knight. They had a whole plethora of stuff, and it was cool. Um, hmm. And then I actually saw the movie... And thinking, you know, Batman's back. This is going to be great. And literally, he was the only part of the movie that was worth writing home about. The rest of it... Ugh. Ugh. Just... Ugh. God. And, and little did I know that that was going to be what was ultimately the start of many upsetting moments uh, within the year 2016. Um, but I digress. Yeah, Snyder Cut, it was, it was worth it. Four hours go by very fast and uh i will say it was a little bit weird that i had to wait two hours just to see the freaking bat suit but that's okay um <laughs> special effects were better the story was way more elaborate and just there was more exposition and more more of an actual flow to the movie and there was no creepy stuff like and when i mean creepy stuff i mean like aquaman and the Flash, like, geeking out on Wonder Woman. Like, there was none of that. Like, that was all Joss Whedon adage. Um, Cyborg was a better character in this. Uh, there were a few moments <laughs> where I was like, what the hell is that? Or WTF? Like, I genuinely was like, what am I watching? <laughs> so much electricity. And I, I actually wrote a note down of so, period, much, period, electricity, period. Um, just, yeah, so much electricity, light, lightning effects, and, uh, overall it paid off with a hand job joke provided by everybody's favorite Joker, Jared Leto, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> an ending that really didn't need to happen, 
uh, more like an epilogue, really. Uh, that's what it's called in the movie. But I don't know. Would you ever peruse the Snyder Cut, Sebastian? Or, or are you going to... Uh, well, if I had... Coffee? If I had four hours to kill, I think I'm definitely uh, a lot more open than my previous opinion on the matter. I mean, you, you can't really blame me. The last few DC movies uh, <laughs> after <laughs> after Dark Knight have been bombs, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you can't really go into it expecting the best because you really don't know how it could possibly get any worse but again from from the reviews from the from the critiques uh this definitely seems like a uh, a return to form and uh i'm happy you know if dc can squirt out uh if dc can squirt out movies like this they don't have to be stellar you know we're not asking for another dark knight but mm-hmm. uh, if they can uh kudos I've been disappointed by just about every one of these DCEU movies. Man of Steel, you know, I was in the theater and just kind of thought, wow, it's amazing how you could have a Superman movie where, like, every other character is fleshed out except Superman. Like, he he was a background character in his own movie, and he had, like, no dialogue. And so (laughs) I just had no empathy for the character whatsoever and i you know i wanted to i was like hey you know what christopher nolan's sort of working on this movie uh you know the cast is great michael shannon is phenomenal as zod i should note by the way if you ever get the chance brief waco tangent uh there's a waco and it's not really a Waco reunion because Waco, the series, came out after this. But if you ever check out Boardwalk Empire, hmm. there's a crap ton of people from Waco in that show. Like Shea Wiggum, um, the guy that played, uh, oh, God, uh, the one guy, Schneider. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, I think the guy, actor's name is like Paul Sparks. Yeah, something like that. But he's in it. He plays a pretty goofy character. Um, Shea Wiggum is Steve Buscemi's brother in the show. It's and Michael Shannon goes nuts in this in this show. It's oh, it's just so good. Anyway, but yeah, Man of Steel, uh, like a big fart in the pool. Uh, <laughs> BBS turd in the pool, and then everything else since has just I, I've just been like I don't care. Like Aquaman don't need to see like i i okay i did try watching it partially because of a job that i had uh <laughs> and and you know the costumes are cool you see the costumes in real life and they're genuinely exceptional like you check them out and you're like wow that's amazing artistry but you see the movie and you feel like you're watching basically uh prequel star wars prequel level cgi in a movie that's not star wars um Mm -hmm. in the same kind of janky script uh (laughs) and you know wonder woman eh, it's Eh. you know Eh. gal gadot you know you know shazam i i just don't care you know i i heard it was great but i'm just like leave me alone did you ever did you ever watch shazam it was again one of those like plane movies that like you'd find on an airplane and honestly i just couldn't be bothered with it the trailer did seem interesting but it was a matter of like the trailer was more interesting from the movie yeah like it you know it was also just the fact that by that point i think justice league had already come out and you know everybody was basically writing off ever coming back like Ben Affleck was like, no, I'm not coming back. And Henry Cavill's like, I don't know if I'm coming back. Warner Brothers won't return my calls. <laughs> um, and they were making Wonder Woman 2, Magic Rock Boogaloo, uh, <laughs> you, you know. And uh, and they were they're already making like an entire universe just based off of Aquaman, which I heard that and I was like, make it stop. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how I feel about like particular celebrities portraying superheroes because after the whole gal gadot incident with the with the imagine song where she was like (gasps) it's one of those things where it's like i can't look at them as as like the superheroes that they portray anymore i have to look at them as act 
authors who really have zero taste of what it's like to be the average 99% in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, that's just me, and it's... Ugh. Well, and that was... I think that was something that really hurt the viewing experience for the Snyder Cut was the fact that while I can safely say this is after eight years of these movies, and, you know, not including for obvious reasons like the Lego Batman movie or Joker or Doom Patrol, which obviously none of those have anything to do with the DC movie universe. Right. But after eight years, this was the first one of these movies that I actually thought, wow, they actually made a movie. Is it still kind of generic? Yeah, honestly, you could, they basically could have used the same script from Transformers and swapped out some of the Autobot names for Justice League members, and it would have been kind of similar. Right. Um, ultimately, it's like you don't like any of these portrayals of these characters because you've seen all their other movies and you're like yeah ultimately i i had to realize wait a minute ryan there is a there is a loophole here look at the look at this movie as if it were a live action episode of the justice league animated series which in of itself was a sequel series to batman the animated series from the 90s which was you know and and to this day remains critically acclaimed animation the voice acting this is how we got mark hamill as the joker kevin conroy will always be batman um and so i just kind of use that as a way to kind of justify this movie rather than dwelling on batman v superman and you know the movie does start out with the ending of bvs and spoilers for a movie that's been out for five years but when they kill when doomsday kills superman like there's actually continuity there that I want to appreciate, but it also has to remind me of a movie I desperately want to forget, <laughs> especially after <Right>. like <laughs> a year of anticipation. Because right, you know, at the time, right, right. Batman fighting Superman, like that, that seemed interesting to me, and the movie left such a bad taste in my mouth that the fact that I'm reminded of it all these years later, it's kind of like. Eh, Okay, I see why you did that, but eh. the, the bad taste in your mouth just doesn't go away just because, exactly. you know, a, a new a new better shinier version is out. I mean, like thank God that this version is out, but it's like it's a matter of it should have just been good to begin with. Well, it should have been the original cut in the first place or right. at least an edited down version because arguably you could have made a three hour cut of this movie. And that's kind of the general consensus with people that liked the movie is that they still liked it, even though it was four hours, but let's face it, when you're streaming something and it's broken down into parts like this movie was, which by the way, that's what makes this whole experience easier for people is that you could watch parts one through three and pause, go to the bathroom file your taxes, uh, feed the dog, whatever. Right. And then come back to it like the next day if you wanted. So you have that added benefit that it's broken down into six parts and then an epilogue. But yeah, you could have made this like a three hour movie. I imagine people would have gone to the theater to see it. I mean, well, if, if they do it in such a way where it's like where it's like Endgame, you know, that's a three hour long movie that people willingly sat through because it was just the end of the series. Mm -hmm. I mean, that didn't stop me from falling asleep during the first hour (laughs) because (laughs) much like other ensemble films, I know how the hell it's going to be set up. You've got to introduce all the characters. You got to, you know, showcase who the main villain is, you know, if it isn't blatantly obvious who the main villain is already, but it was one of those things where it's like, I feel Marvel did it so much better in infinity war you know the whole like like expectations level of it where he just wipes out half of the heroes that we've known and love with a single snap and they all fade to dust you mm. know that wasn't something that i expected but i will say that it worked for what it was and it made the next movie that much more satisfying when they did finally kill him so i think they did it much much better uh what was I talking about? Oh yeah, like 
anyway, like I was saying, they could get away with. I feel like that they could get away with a three-hour movie, heavily edited, if they take Marvel's advice and um. I I really have no idea. <laughs> I really have no idea other than just that's what I compare it to. What would have helped the movie in terms of, you know, getting the project out there? I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of debate as to why Zack Snyder left the project. There's, this is, well, there's rumors that he was fired by Warner Brothers. There's also the true story, which is the fact that his daughter uh, unfortunately passed away while they were still in production. And so, you know, arguably they could have found a director who could have still remained um, dedicated to Zack Snyder's vision. And I don't know who that could have been, honestly. It, finding anybody who could emulate, you know, this guy. I mean, yeah, you've had a couple of people that have made movies to made to look like his like i think whoever directed the 300 sequel it's not a great movie but whoever directed it did a great job at, at least having it look like the sequel to 300 getting joss whedon to come in recut the movie do reshoots that basically made the movie worse i.e uh it's time for superman's mustache mm-hmm. you know it, like that all that kind of and not to mention they made it reasonably short but at the same time you're thinking to yourself well this is supposed to be a big epic coming together of these gods you know the justice league then why is it barely a two hour long movie which right you know obviously you can argue you know how long it needs to be but for something like this when you have something like infinity war being as long as it was Obviously, you could still have it to the extent where if you can sell on the story, if you can sell on what people can anticipate, i.e. dark side, i.e. cool, interesting villains, i.e. backstory for these heroes. I mean, they flesh out the Flash and Cyborg to such an extent to where both of them are critical to the end of the movie like they're critical in saving the world like if they if they don't fulfill their roles the world is toast mm-hmm. and you don't get that in the original cut it's kind of like well really they just needed superman this whole time whereas with this movie it was like no you needed everybody arguably except aquaman like he's arguably the most useless of them like <laughs> it's kind of like you're just muscle i was gonna say when did the like negative stereotype of aquaman just basically talking to fish and that being his only superpower like when did that uh when did that spark sort of a heated debate i i have the i know the answer uh and once and much like the much like our living in a society conversation it started with a sitcom it was in the Big Bang Theory and you had Raj dress up as uh oh, was this a Halloween episode I think it or like everyone's dressing up as members of the Justice League or something. No, it was a it was a competition, I think, with their comic book store. Yeah, no, no, no. It was a costume party. Yeah. And and Raj was doing something along the lines of like, oh, well, what is wrong with Aquaman or something? I don't know. I can't get the He's voice like, right. Aquaman sucks. Yeah, that sucks or something. I mean, I feel like the the go to like defensive answer would be like, well, he's super strong. <laughs> and I hate to break it to you, but everyone's super strong underwater. <laughs> well, and it's like he's fighting a freaking god in the middle of Russia, <laughs> and right. he's and he's got Wonder Woman with them, and you're just kind of like, well, uh, I mean, okay. And you do actually get to see some cool, like powers using water in this movie, not by Aquaman, by the way. Right. I just didn't know what the hate was, I think is my point, where it's like, I can see why he would be useless in comparison to everyone else in the Justice League. I mean, then again, if you really want to get technical, I would say as much as I love Batman, he doesn't have any superpowers, quote unquote. He basically just has inventions. And I should know to point the finger at Batman just because he's Batman. Well, I am. I'm going to point the finger at my favorite Justice Leaguer because he's got even less to do uh, other than break his no guns rule 
no guns, no killing. And he's gunning down parademons outside the whatever nuclear structure that they're at in Russia. So I mean, I mean, I will say I will say hmm. just to go on a quick tangent, the gun thing like the bat gun, um, I believe that is canon. Uh, It did appear in some comic books and the Batman video game by. uh, Oh, God, I believe it's by Sunsoft on the Nintendo. Mm -hmm the Nintendo entertainment system. Uh, well, well, this was, I think he was using a, it's weird because they, I could have sworn it was the same weapon that the parademons use, but at some point in the movie, they established that he's got on his gauntlets. He's basically got enough heat resistance that he can deflect like blaster bolts from either the parademons or apparently a Kryptonian rifle which is what he's using hmm. to gun these things down. So, okay. Um, I mean, it's still a little weird. Like I'm, I, I understand Batman did use a gun in his early years, but yeah, there, there's still that part of me where I'm like, unless it's flashpoint Batman who like <laughs> it's established, he is a murderer and a drinker. Uh, and his wife is the Joker. Like I, that I, I can yeah. tolerate it in complete, I can tolerate it completely. It's just with Batman, Bruce Wayne, Batman, that I'm a little bit like, eh. Yeah, it's like you look at Batman and you're like, oh, well, that's not him. That's more like <laughs> that's more like Jason Todd Red Hood-esque, which is why yeah. he is my favorite DC character. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Once I saw once I saw Red Hood appear in um, Arkham Knight was my introduction to him. Like, I knew he existed. I knew that there were multiple Robins. Mm-hmm. And after my uh, my fanaticism over Dick Grayson, Robin, uh, you know, being Nightwing, because Nightwing used to be my favorite, and also because mm-hmm. it was the original Robin, um, that's when I started to turn to the other Robins. I'm like, well, who's the second Robin that no one ever talks about? And it's like, well, he's not he's not the Jason Todd Robin anymore. He's the, uh, uh, <laughs> he's the Robin with, I think the far more interesting backstory. Uh, the, Tim Drake. No, 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 no. I, that, that's what I mean. Like he's, he's not the Robin oh. that you come to expect from like Dick Grayson or Tim Drake. Right. He's the Robin with a much more interesting backstory of Batman just being a <laughs> horrible guardian, um, <laughs> leaving him in that, what was it like a like a factory or something with the Joker? Yeah, he was he was trying to get to a factory like in Africa or the Middle East, something yeah. like that. Um, and he just left him there. <laughs> yeah, it's that. that no, whole... no, it's definitely sad. And I mean, the Arkham Knight game really drives the point home and him him mm-hmm. being regretful. But the Red Hood DLC for not Arkham Knight, Arkham Origins, it was like, dude, this is like, this is what Batman should have been if he, he didn't let his morality stand in the way. Because it's like, I'm going to see a comic book movie. I want to see some comic book action, okay? Do I feel mm-hmm. bad about the people dying in comics? No, because they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can, you can give me the whole Batman morality argument all you want. I'm like, you know what? Eventually, you have to come to terms with the fact that it just didn't work out for him, i.e. the killing joke. It's when he was yeah. like, all right, it's, it, this is done. This has gone on far enough. It's time to end this once and for all. So, Affleck, as far as I could tell, they kept the majority, if not his whole original performance in that film. And he he does a good job. I mean, there's still a few moments where he's kind of hamming it up and he's like, oh, Alfred, I have faith. And Alfred's like, you know, oh, I don't know, Master Bruce. You know, and at one point, I really did think he was going to break out in, in uh, Michael Caine and be like, I don't want you to be Batman anymore. You know, but uh, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, I failed you. Uh, <laughs> You're breaking me hot, sir. <laughs> don't be Batman anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Overall, I you get a lot of comic book moments for sure. Superman is still kind of useless even though like he has no worry about killing people in this movie right it's kind of like 
there's also there's a few at least a couple moments one from superman which it's kind of earned but there's a moment with wonder woman where she fights with the reactionary terrorists which they still call themselves that in this version oh, um nice. and she and she mercs them pretty much the same way batman like was throwing crates at people's heads in BBS and there's like blood splatter on the wall. It's the same ordeal. And I'm just thinking wonder woman, there's like kids in the room. Like there's literally yeah. kids in the room when that happens. Um, several visuals in the movie that genuinely had me going, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> you know, especially involving the, the whole resurrecting Superman sequence. Um, Cyborg has kind of a vision that I won't give it away, but it threw me off so hard because I was like, oh, are we about to have like a mini flashpoint? And we don't. But, you know, it, it was enough for me to be like, there is another movie here that I would not mind seeing um, that we're probably never going to get. Because as far as I can tell, it sounds like there's no plans for a sequel to this movie. And I should note, the ending of this movie is almost identical to the ending of the last one where... You have Deathstroke and Lex Luthor, and, you know, Lex Luthor's got a job for Deathstroke. Unfortunately, number one, it's way better. Well, fortunately, it's way better than the theatrical cut ending, where Lex Luthor's like, mm-hmm, maybe we should have a league of our own. What do you, I, I have to ask, what do uh-huh. you feel, or how do you feel, rather, about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex, as Lex Luthor? I know that there's some mixed opinions about it. And to tell you the truth, I, I really don't see anyone better playing a younger Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't they shave him like bald? Yeah, they, they shaved his head, but they shave it at the very end of BBS because he's going into Arkham Asylum. And they right. don't really they don't have an explanation for that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and of course, it's just a way to get Lex Luthor finally bald when. Right, right just it's it doesn't feel earned but um <laughs> i see here's the thing had he had jesse eisenberg basically done what he did as mark zuckerberg in the social network and not so much do a performance that made me think of jim carrey's riddler that's I, what yeah that is the that yeah. is the consensus um i was speaking to a good friend of mine and he was like you know this seemed like a lot like jim carrey's riddler and batman forever and i'm like well that's a tall order um <laughs> considering i don't think that there's really anyone who could play that role other than jim carrey and he might play it again by the way in the flash really movie. yeah okay. like the, as far as i know this flash movie is going to go multiversal which Maybe uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but at some point, and I forgot if it was Darkseid or Steppenwolf who references it, one of the villains mentions going after the multiverse, which, of course, has everybody a flutter in terms of the Flash, because we're probably going to have three Batman in that movie and Jim Carrey's Riddler, allegedly. So So they're going to be doing the ensemble multiverse time travel thing that marvel did then sort of if anything at least from what i can somewhat gather it obviously it wouldn't be a direct adaptation but it could be a it could be one of those things where it's somewhat based on flashpoint the only difference being that they have to get like multiple versions of bruce wayne i don't know Honestly, I'm still not even sure Michael Keaton is locked to come back as Batman, but just get a just get an old Val Kilmer. <laughs> oh God, you know it's one of those things. Uh, I don't know, maybe Christian Bale's available. <laughs> I, he has said he'd be down to play Batman again. That's just it. He left such a legacy, and it's kind of like to think of what we've gotten since The Dark Knight Rises. It's weird, right. you know. Like it, it's it's weird how. We've gotten probably close to like 10 different DC movies since then. And like two of them were any good. Yeah, One of it's, them it's very much Lego a quantity Batman over Joker. It's very much a quantity over quality type of thing with yeah. DC. And I'm not saying that everything that Marvel craps out is like the be all end all for superhero movies. I'm just saying that they tend to do it a little bit better. And, and even And even I can't stand sort of the 
infantile nature, I guess you could say, of Marvel movies, because I know that they do appeal to people who go in there expecting exactly what they are expecting, a good guy versus a a bad guy story. At least with DC, and and it's very hard to tell just because the direction has been so off-kilter. You know, it, it seems like they at least want to try and even with their non-dc universe films like joker like they want to have a little bit more creativity and have these films feel like how they're supposed to feel like you know uh based on the first trailer the batman movie with robert pattinson it honestly just from what i saw in the trailer obviously it's just a trailer but i get a good feeling of what the universe will feel like I'm just hoping the movie lives up to the hype. Um, right. And and arguably, that's kind of another takeaway with this movie is the fact that if it likely isn't going to get a sequel, then the ending will be exciting, but it will also be kind of a letdown because you... And the thing is, is I don't know if I should say it because it's basically spoiling a movie that's not going to happen. And it's not a Justice League sequel. It's It's basically spoiling... Well, it would have been Ben Affleck's Batman movie. Okay. Um, I won't go into the details of it because when you actually see it and hear the dialogue explaining what's happening, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and mind you, they have the whole epilogue with the nightmare sequence with the Joker and uh, CGI Flash because I guess they couldn't get Ezra Miller back from his creepy shenanigans in iceland uh please google that internet uh people um <laughs> but um and then also they have like a little moment with uh two other characters that was clearly done within the last year um, huh. which again i won't get into but they they do kind of end it hinting at the batman movie but it's not what was filmed in the last year i should note it's original footage from 2017 or 16, whenever they filmed this movie, hinting at a movie that we're now never going to get because the Batman is directed by Matt Reeves and stars Robert Pattinson instead. I think if anything, it's a sign that this is not only going to be sort of the first big outing of this cinematic universe, but it's probably the last, um, if you don't include like future Aquaman movies or Wonder Woman three, which for some reason they're making, um, or the black movie with the rock (laughs) that they've been teasing for eight years. And it's like, dude, when is that movie happening? Uh, (laughs) like, are you running for governor? Just tell us. But, uh, and and that's, that's actually a good segue into the next main topic. But before I get to that, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I probably spent more time talking about it than I wanted to, but uh, yeah, honestly, check it out. Like I said, four hours goes by quick, but I can safely say that even though this movie is not, uh, it's not on the level of like your Batman Returns or hell, I I would say The Dark Knight Rises is better. Um, it's still a fun watch. I mean, you're getting a Justice League movie finally. So I right. think that's kind of the way to look at it. And yeah, it's got its problems. Yeah, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, all these people are in crappy movies. But just remember, this is their, <laughs> this is the one chance. This is the one moment where you can be like, ah, they're in something that I can at least sit back and kind of enjoy. Um, and, you know, have have dreams about... Uh, <laughs> Joker and uh, Batman being like, you know, I'll fucking kill you. Um, But uh, (laughs) anyway, and in other news, I guess kind of following up on what's gone on in the last few weeks, obviously we've had our back to back guest appearances, which uh, I don't know. Those those were pretty educational episodes with with Andrew and Pete. I got to say they were definitely entertaining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I look back on that conversation and it was just that that was probably the most the most energy I've ever I've ever given about a uh 
for, I guess from a uh, critiquing journalistic stance, mm-hmm. um, it, it was good to have someone on who, uh, you know, much like Andrew, like we've we've had Kenny and Pete, obviously, but we've never had just one or the other. So it was it was very right. interesting it being the three of us. The interesting thing, and I, I think I've I've told you this off air, is that myself, Pete, Kenny, and Andrew, all four of us, uh, we all have differing views and backgrounds when it comes to our craft, our industry, and you know sometimes we converge, other times we're giving each other a hard time, and honestly, I I still feel like I'm learning especially when we have those kinds of discussions. And so I think that was another thing that I knew was going to make those two episodes special was that, yeah, these two guys were both sports editors for the sundial. Yeah. They were both mentors of mine, but they're also two very different people. And, you know, it, it was always interesting getting to work with Andrew and get his take on things. But obviously Pete's been around still, in the area for the last several years and I've had the chance to see him grow and change and also just deal with life. And, you know, I think that's something that all kind of matters in terms of getting to know where the two of them come from, but also uh, getting a sense of what to anticipate on what they're going to say about the field of journalism. And so that definitely made both episodes just a great deal of fun. And obviously, let's face it, the, the, those conversations, I'm still having those with the two of them. So and with Kenny. <laughs> so it, those conversations are never going to end, you know, unless one of us finds a Yoko that breaks up the band. But um, that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. So, yeah. So in, in some news that's gone on over the past or I should say, rather, looking back on some of the news over the last several weeks, um We've had our dear governor, Gavin Newsom, give the state of the state address uh, where he basically talked a little bit about COVID vaccines and, you know, we're slowly reopening stuff. And, uh, you know, again, it's the age old discussion you and I have had for about a year now. Like, we want to be optimistic, but at the same time, it's like, okay, can we like ramp up the vaccinations so we can have a little bit more immunity, please? You know, I'm just waiting for the uh, I'm waiting for the uh, the the comic to be posted so I could post it everywhere. Yes. Yeah, I should know. I should know. Listeners, Sebastian's contributed for the Proclaimer, a great, great cartoon featuring Gavin Newsom. Uh, oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming, baby. It's coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you gave me that topic. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's what I can. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, satire. <laughs> did you, uh, did you order some satire? I got you. <laughs> well, I guess what, what's kind of been your, your take, especially between the vaccination process, which I should note, before we get into this quickly, that um, he didn't go into detail about it during the State of the State address. However, last Friday, he did say, and this was not that long after um, Joe Biden gave his address, where he basically said, come on, governors, you got to get the vaccines out mm-hmm. to everybody by May. And I really mean June. Uh, um, I mean, and, it's, it's one of the it's yeah. one of these instances where I don't know what kind of algorithm my social medias are running, where they're ser- where they're just serving me a lot of I want to say just like. <laughs> like, it's it's just a lot of conservative think tank garbage where it's like conspiracy theorists being like, oh, well. Why should I wear a mask when it only has like a point zero zero three percent chance of me actually getting killed if I happen to get covid? And and like literally these accounts are like a dime a dozen. I keep finding them for some reason. I'm not actively looking it up, but I will say that it has contributed to the sense of like, man, can we just hurry up already so we can shut these people up? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, really, I just I can't, you know, I. I've gotten used to the mask. 
right? Yeah. Like, what I do for work, obviously, I have to wear a mask. And to tell you the truth, it doesn't bother me anymore. It doesn't make me sick. It doesn't make me nauseous. Uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm totally... I guess you could say that it's really no different for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just... I don't know. Like, I'd like to be able to take it off and not be socially reprimanded for doing so. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like, like people shudder when they say, oh, another year and a half, another two years of wearing the masks. But honestly, it's a matter of like, well, just make it adaptable to you. Uh, stay home whenever possible. I'm not saying that I support the fact that you know a virus with such a low percentage of of it doing anything to you no not taking into account the people who have already died i i, I can see the comments now no that's mm. not what i'm saying i'm not trying to be insensitive but it's a matter of like well what do the masks actually protect and i do actually have a question to ask mm. if the masks don't work why are we still using them? Thereby, if the masks do work, why are we still using them? The weird thing about the masks is that what's been clear about them has been inconsistent from the very beginning. Right. And without consistency, you're just kind of left thinking to yourself, well, okay, so clearly nothing is going to deter people no matter how many times you either stress that they do need to wear a mask stress that they need to double up or even stress that people need to be wearing face shields, which right. I'm not saying I go out all that often, but I watch enough uh, local news and never see anybody in a face shield outside of like maybe essential workers. Right. Um, and so let's face it, the, the mask thing, we're probably going to be doing that well into 2023. Uh, that, that's I'm just, yeah. Like, has wearing a mask really impacted you in terms of, like, I don't know, going places? I, I mean, okay, it sounds like a stupid question, I know, but it's, like, straining it over being, like, oh, I have to wear a mask inside and this, that, and the other thing. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's not bothering me, so to speak. Oh, yeah, I, I'm completely fine with it. To me, it's the uncertainty when it comes to variants and the fact that you run the risk of like greater risk of transmission, like through your eyes. And so if you're wearing like glasses or a face shield, you're fine. And, you know, obviously that also entails people not wearing masks either. So, you know, that's, there's so many variables. And I think that's the part that has a lot of people just left kind of dumbfounded. And they're just like, you know what? all this gobbledygook, I just want to go back to normal. I just want to keep walking around and enjoy life. And if I have to wear a mask, I wear a mask. I don't know. It, it just kind of seems like the whole six foot, three foot thing. The fact that that changes as well. And you're just kind of like, wait a minute. So you've been telling us we need to social distance for the last year. Six feet. Oh, but no, the kids can go back to school, not vaccinated, keep their masks on three feet. Yeah, it's totally fine. And it's like, well, no, it's not totally fine. It's because you don't have enough room for these fucking kids. You know, well, it's... my mom actually has to go. She has to go back to work and, and they and she said that they are doing nine kids per classroom from like 830 to 1130. And then mm -hmm. after that, she gets like a one hour break. And then from 1230 to 330. It's all it's it's online of the kids who just aren't coming back. So I'm okay. not sure if I'm not sure if they're like giving parents the option to send their kids to school or not. But I mean, I'm going to be honest, nine kids in a classroom, which is like what on par with most graduate courses. Uh, that's a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right now we've got a handful of states that are opening up their eligibility. I should note. Most of those are states that are typically 50th in place when it comes to stuff like education and standard of living, like Alaska, West Virginia, Mississippi. But hey, if you live in that state and you're my, you're our age, 
you can get vaccinated. Um, but, you know, it, it just kind of seems to me like the whole vaccination process, I, I understand there isn't enough supply. So that's why at this rate, we're probably not going to be vaccinated until June, which I should note, I'm on record having said that repeatedly over the last several months. So not trying to say I called that, but it genuinely did kind of surprise me that Biden was like, oh, we're going to open up eligibility in May, but you're all going to get your vaccines or, or every state's going to get all of the vaccine supplies they need uh, by the end of May. And it's like, all right, so that basically means June. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It just kind of seems to me like, I don't know, am I just jaded and it just kind of seems unreal or is it just the part of me that I, I've just been so let down for the last year that, you know, going forward, I know that this is going to linger for a while. And obviously, you know, like I said, I'm t- I'm fine with wearing a, a mask for like another year. I mean, my mom just got her second dose today and I asked her and I was like, well, how do you feel? And she's like, oh, I feel so much better. I feel like I can go out. I feel like I can actually like do all this stuff now. And it's like, I'm not sure if she said that with the the perspective of I can do all this stuff without a mask Mm -hmm. or if it's just simply a placebo. And I literally asked her, I'm like, well, mom, do you feel better now that you got the vaccine or that your body's been in a situation long enough where COVID can potentially get to you where it's more or less used to the vaccine by now that Mm -hmm. you feel a lot calmer now? Personally, either give me the disease, give me the uh, give me the virus or give me the uh, vaccine at this point, because I've never gotten it from someone who from someone whose girlfriend has gotten it. Coworkers has gotten it. Friends have gotten it. No, thankfully, none of my family. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if I get it for the first time, it's going to suck. I I don't know how bad it sucks on like people who get it repeat repeatedly. God, I can only imagine, you know waking up not being able to breathe or you know what have you for me the fear is not so much well obviously getting it is the fear but the bigger fear is uh or rather are the lingering side effects um because obviously you know coronavirus has been a thing for a little over a year and we you know we have no idea what the side effects could be like, you know, several decades from now. I mean, we right. could, for all I know, we could be going through a, a crisis several years from now where people just start dropping because of the fact that they had COVID, you know, within their lifetime. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I know that's a terrible thing to think about, but like, well, that's it, it was, when it was inter- virus. I mean, it was interesting because after they administered the vaccine, like you had people from like the national guard, army, air force, uh administering it they were like okay so after you have it you're gonna wait in your car for 15 minutes just in case there are any like adverse effects and if Hmm. there are you know call us over kind of thing and it's like well (laughs) i don't want to have any i don't want to have any symptoms immediately flare up but then again if they do and I'm not in a place where I have access to medicine or any kind of life-saving device. I'm screwed either way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's only so much service these people can do from, you know, the outside of your car. It's but just, I, it was, it was interesting. But I think to the point about the the conversation you had with your mom, I mean, like in my house, it was sort of like, you know, my mom was going to do whatever she could to try and get the vaccine. Little did any of us realize that she was qualified, so she could easily get it, no problem. And it was euphoric, and she she was thrilled to get it, and she was especially thrilled to actually land an appointment. But it ultimately kind of all came crashing down because at the end of the day, and I, I don't know if I said this to her before she got her two doses, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make all that much of a difference. One fourth of my house is vaccinated. So right. 
it's sort of like, well, mom, that's good and all that you're vaccinated. And at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, but there's still that fear factor. And it's like, I'd like to not be sick, please. Like, I, you know, and I think that's still the that's the lingering thing now is like, great, there's a vaccine and my mom's vaccinated. I I'm happy. I'm thrilled. But it does get frustrating when people ask you if you've been vaccinated, you see a commercial on TV or a ad on Twitter that's like, oh, do your part, get vaccinated. And you're like, I'm not allowed to, <laughs> you know, like that's the part that really jades me yeah. with this whole process is like i'm not allowed to get a vaccine i could get covid and die or get in, or slip into a coma or have lingering side effects for the rest of my life but i'm not allowed and it, there's just it, it feels wrong even saying it but it's true and i think that's the part that has well, driven no, me well, up no, you're to an right. extent you're absolutely right because you know i keep checking my eligibility of of the vaccine and because i am in you know food service you'd think that yeah. that would deem me an essential uh every single time i go to check on what is it like myturn.gov or something mm-hmm. uh, it basically just says uh no you're not eligible i'm like well you know at this point just let me g-. and that's what i'm that's what i mean when i say either give me the virus or give me the vaccine just so that my body can get accustomed to it because i'd rather take the 10 days paid time off needed to, 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 to get the virus and get over it, even though you really need 14, but you mm-hmm. know, who's counting, uh, <laughs> just so that I can get a taste of what I can expect. You know, I'm, I'm fine with being bedridden. You know, I'm not saying that it needs to, uh, it needs to be so bad that I'm just incapacitated, but it's like, dude, I I need to be at least familiar with this before before I before I eventually get the vaccine anyway, and have my body just be met with something unfamiliar anyway. Well, I, I the way I kind of look at it, because I've had multiple conversations, especially with various people in my neighborhood, people plural. Um, so it's not just the one weird Trump guy who I should note, by the way, was responsible and got a vaccine. However, his wife is an anti-vaxxer through and through, and it it finally broke me to the point where I basically had to tell him, and unfortunately his wife had already left and gone back into her home. I I was standing out in the street. He was on his porch, and I basically was like, look, I've lost somebody to COVID. It's great you got the vaccine, but if your wife is, quote-unquote, the smartest person you know— when it comes to vaccines, to quote this guy, why doesn't she get it? And of course, I know why. It's because she watches like Tucker Carlson. But, you know, it's to me, it's kind of like I just want to get it and feel like I'm on step two. Like, I feel like I've been on step one for a year and uh, let me get my math right. A year and 11 days. I want to get to that next step, which is just getting the fucking vaccine. and obviously that's not going to make me feel better overnight especially if i know i got to get a second dose but i think i would rather feel somewhat more accomplished to a degree and just ride out the the rest of the pandemic obviously still you know still at home and working remotely but you know until we get to that right. point of herd immunity which unfortunately i think last i checked we're now at like as of recording, we're at like 14 percent uh, vaccinated. Oh, so goody. We're, <laughs> what, it, it's kind of like at the rate we're going, because I, I did the math because I was kind of like, OK, so after one month, we got eight percent of the population vaccinated. By the end of this month, it'll probably be close to another eight percent. That would probably mean that despite Joe Biden be, being like, Oh, you know, you 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 can you 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 can you can go see your family on 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 July Fourth, and you can watch Washington or or whatever the musical's called. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize, I forgot what it was called. Oh no, I'm falling. Um, but um, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can go see Chester Allen Arthur the musical. <laughs> Jesus. I love them stalwarts, um, but uh, 
basically, if we want to meet July 4th, which we're not going to meet, I mean, that's about as stupid as, ooh, Easter will be better. Uh, that's not going to stop people from friggin' no. lighting off fireworks in, in the Santa Clarita area. Not by a long shot. I mean, it's oh, out God. in the middle of the desert. It's out in the middle of the desert. You'd have <laughs> you'd have more luck telling the people in Apple Valley to put their guns away. <laughs> exactly. Well, and not to mention, you know, I, I remember I made the, I actually did make that comment um, when Biden was giving his address and I, my, my dad was in the room and Biden was talking about, oh, we can go have barbecues and stuff on Fourth of July. And not only did I make an obligatory Jesus Christ, he's pulling a Mayor Larry Vaughn from Jaws talking about opening up for the Fourth of July. But also I was like, yeah, but last year we had Hamilton. How could this be better? We had Hamilton. Like, come on. Come on, Mr. President. Like, uh, what, what's more reasonable? Hamilton for the 4th of July or post-COVID for the 4th of July? Eh. I, I think you got one up. Right. At the rate we're going, we probably wouldn't reach herd immunity at least until New Year's. So. Yeah, maybe. Which, which defies what we've consistently heard from either from uh biden in terms of the fourth of july or even fauci talking about like sometime in the fall arguably the whole eligibility thing come june could be a game changer in that regard but it's just kind of like okay i i want results not optimism please (laughs) like you know just (laughs) let's let's actually (laughs) see something let's do some cause and effect here not to sound like ian malcolm but like let's go from step A to step B to step C and actually get to step D, not talk about step W like it's some fairy tale fantasy. Um, And again, like it's just kind of waiting for that eligibility to open, especially in our state. I heard that in the Bay Area, if you're 50 and older, you could get vaccinated. So if we were living, if we were all living up there, my dad could get vaccinated right now. Um, Right. So, and Gavin Newsom, I should know, uh, is basically waiting until the 11th hour. Hopefully, we'll have enough uh, vaccine by that point. The recall will still probably happen, no matter what. But, you know, he'll, uh, he basically was kind of like, oh, we'll, should be ready for uh, in less than six weeks. And it's like, oh, so basically right before May 1st is what you're saying. Goody. Um, whole recall thing. I, that's, that, that's a, a hoot and a half in itself. I don't know. What do you make of it? Uh, just, just let us get back to normal already. Or if anything, find a way to make masks more integrated into our, uh, basic molecular structure. It's going to be, it's going to come a day where, you know, the, the whole cyberpunk era that you see oh. in like Blade Runner and, well cyberpunk if they ever fix the game um it's going to be a thing where it's like you're going to have like nanites implemented in your molecular structure i have no idea what i'm even talking about at this point (laughs) but you like push a button on your arm and rather than just like a face like rather than putting on a face guard over your ears your mouth is just going to be stitched shut and i mean you could still breathe but Mm -hmm. it'd be like a makeshift mask mask out of skin i don't know someone bill gates could probably patent it that could be the pathway to the singularity if you think about it yeah you know combining some kind of technology with humanity and but then the question becomes whether or not we start going down the path of uh terminator and it all started because they wanted us to be healthy hey machine machines can't get (laughs) machines can't die oh like organically you could you could argue but (laughs) And, and by the same standard, I don't want to have a mask turn around and look at me and go, Judgment Day is inevitable, because so, that yeah, would be... Uh, yeah, ju- yeah, Judgment Day has already... Judgment Day has already happened. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and it was all on... It was all on a... Oh, God, was it a Friday? Yeah, it was a Friday the 13th. That technically was Judgment Day. Uh, March 13th of last year. That was a Friday. Ugh. The best part was meeting people that didn't understand the meaning of Friday the 13th. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're we're already doomed. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) 
Uh, oh my goodness. What a world we live in. You've been listening to Mars on Life. Look up our show on Instagram and Twitter by searching at Mars on Life Show and give us a follow. Tune in to the latest episodes and bonus content from our show wherever podcasts are found, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to head on over to the official Mars on Life YouTube channel to like and subscribe our work. This show's artwork, Happy Mars, is by Zachary Erberich, while our intro and outro is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. Once again, I am Ryan Mancini, and my co-host, as always, is Sebastian Shug. If you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs>